may have heard me use uh, my scale of 1 to 10. As an example, here at the church and also outside, if someone, if I ask someone how they are and what I get back is, well, I'm okay, then I'll stop and say, where on a scale of 1 to 10 is I'm okay? Well, let's try our faith. If we were to ask one another on a scale of 1 to 10 like this, where would you rate your trust? Where is your faith in the midst of the circumstances of your life right now? One to ten, what would you answer? For some of you, life is good. But we're very aware of how quickly life can change. And for others, you're very much in the middle of some real hard life struggles. Life is not easy. So we're not going to look this morning at whether or not we have a faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. This is not about our salvation faith, so I need you to hear that up front. This is not our salvation faith. This is a faith, a trust like the video, a trust as we do life. So do you hear the difference in that? I need some nods. Thank you. Okay. As we do life, do we trust Jesus as that video shows us? So I really felt led this morning to, to speak on Jesus' words in Matthew, O you of little faith. So I'm being obedient to my Lord this morning. But if you want me to be honest as your pastor, and I try to be that, and I'm sure you do want my honesty, I've had a number of things happening lately that are just stretching me. And being totally honest... If I could do exactly what I wanted to do this morning, I just wanted to come in here and bring some paper and bring a couple of pens and say to you, tell me, how do you do it? How do you have the kind of trust that you need every day? So if you have some answers at the end that we don't cover in this teaching, the paper's right here. But at the same time, as I say that I'm being obedient to my Lord in, in, in teaching this, I do firmly believe every word that I'm going to say this morning. We're called to have faith. We're called to have trust. We're called to walk in assurance that God is with us in all circumstances and that he cares, he's compassionate, and that he has the power as well to act. Matthew, as he writes in his gospel about Jesus, points out five times where Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith. And commentaries say, This is, uh, you don't trust me. You're not trusting me in daily life. The first time Jesus is speaking to a crowd, the others he's talking more with his twelve that he's training. But in these five different occasions, We hear him say this, and we realize things haven't changed all that much in 2,000 years. Christians still struggle, struggle with faith and trust. We as Christians face any and all of those things that anybody else faces out there. We as Christians face sickness and chronic pain. We face accidents, terminal illness, addictions just like everybody else. We as Christians face debt and jobs ending and stress at work and school and university just like everybody else. We as Christians face bullying and relationships with our families and in our marriages and with our children, relationships with friends and peers and neighbors just like everybody else. So the question this morning is, is there any difference between the way that we as Christians handle those things from the way that everybody else 
handles those very things. And there's even one more dimension to this. I had this message uh, on my mind this past week, and I was in conversation with someone, and she was talking about someone in her family, and she said, our faith in God in difficult times shows up our view of God, and it shows up how we think that God views us. I'll leave that with you to process. So I'm going to look at six verses from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 25 to 30. I'm going to read it twice. Because in the book that you got this morning, Enjoy the Silence, a 30-day experiment in listening to God, in the front there are four or five ways of going into Scripture. So if you feel awkward and you think, oh, it's just dry words on paper, I don't know how to read this, um, This is the place, this is one way, it's called Lectio Divina, that we can look at slowing ourselves down and really hearing God speak to us. So usually it's recommended that we read a passage of scripture three times. I'm going to do it twice this morning, and I'm going to ask you to just listen. It's not going to be on the screen. Listen for what catches your attention, what speaks to you. Because when we read God's word, it's God speaking directly to us. So I'm going to ask you to just listen this morning. If you want to, close your eyes and hear any sentence or any word that jumps out at you. Let me read it twice. Matthew 6. I tell you not to worry, Jesus said. Not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, and yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Let's just hear it one more time. I tell you, Jesus said, I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, and yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? May God bless the reading of his word from his gospel this morning. Don't worry, Jesus said. You are so valuable to God. And Jesus wants us to hear that. So why is it so hard for us to receive those words for ourselves, to really get them and to trust them every time and all the time? I'd like to name just two. 
and two has an A and a B, there are probably more. Could one reason be that we've heard this passage of scripture many, many times? I know some of you have. You could almost quote it from memory. So we stop listening. We stop listening to God's word because it becomes too familiar and it becomes just words. What about 2A? Maybe the message that we are giving ourselves is drowning out what Jesus wants to say. Maybe we're saying to ourselves, well, it's very nice that God cares about me. It's nice that he values me, but really I'm young and I'm strong and I'm intelligent and I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm self-sufficient. I've got what it takes. And others of you might be saying a different, hearing a different message that drowns Jesus out just as loudly. I can't believe I'm valuable and that he cares for me. Parents and teachers and adults who I'm trusted have told me and treated me differently. The teasing, the criticism, the abuse, you'll never amount to anything. You're this, you're not that. And so we can't hear Jesus' words this morning because we've stopped hearing either out of the familiarity or because of the proud voices or because of the disabling voices. And life circumstances come upon us. And Jesus' promises are not there for us. They're there, but we're not hearing them. And he would say to us, Oh, you have little faith. So I want to take a few moments this morning to look at the five times in Matthew where Jesus has to say to people, You of little faith. The scripture we read is just the first one. I'm going to paraphrase the other four. And for each one, I hope that we can look into a mirror and see ourselves. So the next instance is up in Matthew 8. And remember that the disciples would have heard this passage of scripture. God loves you. Don't worry. They would have been there, but they obviously, like so often, same with us, we don't hear it or we don't hear it well. So now we find just the 12 of them out in a boat with Jesus. And they're out at sea. And an unexpected storm comes up. And although they're there with Jesus, Jesus is asleep. So they struggle on their own, and they bail water, and they try to keep the boat from capsizing, but it's all too much for them. And they finally, finally go to him and wake him and say, Jesus, help us, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus responds, why are you afraid? You of little faith. Doesn't that sound like us? When all else fails... Novel Christian, uh, novel idea rather for Christians, we run to Jesus when all else fails. Lord, help us. When all else fails, when we've tried everything, by the time we try prayer as that last resort, it's obvious that this passage in Matthew is for us, that this is a mirror where we must see ourselves and hear Jesus saying to us, Oh, you of little faith. And then we move on to Matthew's third instance of Jesus using those words of little faith. It's in chapter 14. Jesus had just performed a great miracle of feeding 5,000 men plus women and children with just five little loaves of bread about the size of Kaiser buns and two little tiny fish. And then Jesus needs to be alone. He's just heard that John the Baptist has been murdered The people are wanting to make him king after this miracle, but in all the wrong ways and for the wrong reasons. So he insists that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sends the people home, and he just wants to get off by himself in prayer. 
So this time we find the disciples in the boat again and in trouble on the water again, but they're far away from land, and a strong wind rises, and they fight the heavy waves, and it's about three in the morning, and they think that they see a ghost walking towards them, and they're terrified. But Jesus speaks to them at once, such beautiful words. He says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And Peter hears. And he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And the answer is, yes, Peter, come. And Peter is able to walk on the top of the water in a raging storm at 3 o'clock in the morning, an angry sea. And he doesn't start to sink until he takes his eyes off Jesus and starts to look at the waves. And Jesus says it again. Oh, Peter, you of little faith, why did you doubt me, he says. And once again, that's us, isn't it? Life is chaos, it's a storm, it's raging, we're terrified. We can see all the huge waves. And once again, it's obvious we stay focused on the problem and not on Jesus. And we realize this passage is for us. And this is a mirror where we must look and see ourselves and hear Jesus saying to us, Oh, you of little faith. The fourth one, and again we find just the disciples with Jesus again in a boat. And Jesus has had a confrontation with a group of Pharisees and Sadducees, that's the religious leaders. So while they're in the boat, this is obviously on Jesus' mind, and he tells his disciples to beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what's going to grow from those religious leaders, because yeast is a leaven. And the disciples don't understand what he's saying to them. And so instead of asking him and listening for his answer, they start arguing amongst themselves and decide, well, it must be because we forgot to bring bread. And Jesus says it again, Oh, you of little faith, why are you arguing about bread? Don't you understand? Don't you remember I've done two miracles now of feeding thousands with a little bit of bread and a couple of fish? I'm saying watch out for the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But do we fit into this one? Well, look at the arguments that happen between Christians on our teams and boards and committees. In our churches, look at the interpretations and decisions that we argue over. And we decide that we know what God is saying. And we argue amongst ourselves and we try to figure out who's to blame and what to do. And again, it's obvious this passage is for us. And we have to look in that mirror where we see ourselves and hear Jesus say to us, So you have little faith. And the last one is in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17. And Jesus has been up on the mountain with just three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And they come down to the foot of the mountain to find nine disciples there with the crowd, and they're all just waiting for Jesus to arrive. And a father steps out from the crowd, and he falls at Jesus' feet. And he says, Lord, please have mercy on my son. He has seizures. He falls into the fire. He falls into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they can't heal him. And Jesus' words are stronger here, not just to the disciples, but to the crowd. You faithless and corrupt people, he says. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? And he heals the boy. So later the disciples ask him for answers. What went wrong? Why couldn't we do that? And Jesus told them they did not have enough faith. 
One translation talks about the littleness of their faith. We have to be careful with this one. When Jesus does not answer our prayers and do a miracle in the way that we would ask for a miracle, we must be careful not to tell ourselves or others that we don't have enough faith. But one commentator reminds us that Jesus had already sent the disciples out on previous occasions. They had already been out there doing great miracles in Jesus' name. But this one was a new challenge. And we hear a frustration, if not an anger, in Jesus' voice. You should have learned and grown and matured by now. You should have more faith by now. I don't know about you, but those words sting if we hear them for ourselves. You should have learned and grown and matured more than this by now. Permit me to go on a rabbit trail here for just a moment. William Barclay talks about the Father wanting to get to Jesus with the problem. And he says that today, many of us look at the churches, or many people are looking at our churches, and they're looking at us who profess to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And they see us failing and powerless to handle life and life situations. He says people are thinking, quote, if we could get beyond his human followers, if we could get behind the facade of church order, and the failure of the church, if we could only get to Jesus himself, we would receive the things that we need. So Barclay says it both condemns us and it challenges us to realize that though many have lost faith in the church, they have not lost a faith in Jesus Christ. But is that us? Still back in the littleness of our faith, not growing, not maturing, a facade of faith and church that people want to get past so they can get to Jesus? Surely it's obvious this passage as well in Matthew is for us. It's a mirror that we need to look into. And maybe hear Jesus saying to us, are you of little faith? So those are the five examples out of Matthew. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay there this morning. I want to bring this up a bit. My prayer this morning is that you don't want to stay there either. And I want to hear Jesus say, great faith, great faith. I am so pleased with the faith that I see in you. And Matthew gives other examples, different examples, different mirrors for us to look into and learn from. Just one he tells of a Roman officer asking Jesus to come and heal his servant. But he says, Jesus, you don't even have to come to the house. Just say say the word here, and the servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like that in all of Israel. So some homework this morning. Go to the Gospel of Matthew and go looking. Find there the woman who just wanted to touch the hem of Jesus' garment so she could be healed. Her faith was so strong. Find there the two blind men who had faith, and they were healed and got their sight. That's the mirror that I want to look into. People like that. Those are the words that I want to hear Jesus say, because of your faith. So the big question this morning is how? How do we do it? Well, it's simple, isn't it? Really just one one thing that I'm going to share with you. And we can just have faith in all circumstances. So are you listening? Are you ready for the one thing, everybody? There isn't any. 
And you know that, and I know that. There's not one simple answer. There's no quick fix. We have to grow. We have to mature in our faith. I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you the the time that I asked my daughter one time what she looks for in a teaching on a Sunday morning. And she said, I need something that I can take home with me, something I can take into my life when Sunday's over, and I have to go back to work on Monday. So this morning, let's just name some of those things around building our faith. Because we can't just parachute our faith in when something goes wrong. It has to be there. It has to be consistent. It has to be already growing. So number one, let's get prayed up. Pray every day. So that when something goes wrong, you just automatically take it to Jesus. There's no hesitation. Instead of a last resort, you're there. Number two, pray with other people and pray for them as well. Share one another's burdens. Scripture tells us to do that. When we turn to someone with a need in our life, quite often they can even give a different perspective on what's happening. The Lord will use them. Number three, get your relationship with God right and keep it right. Ask for forgiveness. Forgive others. Surrender your will to him. Walk with him every day. And be in the word Read this book. Eat this book. Get to know the promises so that they come to mind automatically. Do the 30-day experiment, getting silent with God, hearing him speak from his word. That'll be a great start. Get your armor on. You know, so often we try to get out on the ice or under the field and just stick handle our problems wearing absolutely no protective gear. We have a whole armor in Ephesians 6. Read about the pieces of the armor. We have so much right now. We hear so much, rather, of getting ready for winter and for emergencies in our homes and in our cars. Be prepared, they say. We need to get prepared, too. When the waves are full force, I'm sorry, I'm passing out, folks. I've got to go sit. Can somebody help me down? Thank you. Thank you. Where's Micah? Can Micah just finish off? Let's have a quick word of prayer. I was uh, just looking over briefly Thelma's notes, and the only line I read is that the Father already knows our needs. Lord, you are aware uh, of all the challenges that we have in life. You are aware of our need. You are also aware where we are weak and where we as Thelma has been encouraging us today, lack faith. So, Spirit, would you please come and strengthen? Please be uh, both Thelma's support and ours, Lord. We do lift our pastor up to you this morning and pray that you would strengthen her and heal her uh, in your time. Lord, be with us as we go and live out the good news that you make a difference in life, in our town and in our community. In your name. Amen. Why don't we wrap our service a little bit early this uh, morning, folks? God bless you and have a great day.